Welcome to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Kupke. From handguns to rifles and hunting to self-defense, even a bit of politics. It's time to exercise your First and Second Amendment rights. Call and join the conversation, 734-822-1600. And now, your host, Dick Kupke. Well, good morning and welcome back to Trigger Talk. Here we are, January 20th. And we're only, let's see, what would it be, for 28 hours away from the, from the next Lions playoff game. I am so hyped. I, I know that seems, it seems silly, but I have been for, you know, the I've lived up in Michigan for 44 years now. Yeah, 44, 40, yeah, 44 years. Actually, 45 if you count the 77 when I was up here. And I've been a Lions fan for a long time because... When I grew up in Indiana, we had the, uh, I was in north central Indiana, so we were kind of like um, uh, Bears fans, Gale Sayers, et cetera, Dick Butkus, uh, all those cool guys, Brian Piccolo, the, you know, the that Brian song story and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was a big deal. There were no Indianapolis Colts yet. They were still in Baltimore where they should be. But um, but there were no Indianapolis Colts yet. And so I came up and I immediately became a Lions fan. And I've been telling my family and my kids, you know, the same thing, that, that oh, this is the year, this is the year. Finally, this is the year. And uh, I think it is. You know, we hope. And they've been successful beyond our wildest dreams. Well, not our wildest dreams. Our wildest dreams would be three more wins. Right, Derek? Yeah, I want to see them raise the Lombardi Trophy out in Las Vegas on February 11th. That's what I would want to see. (laughs) But anything that the Lions do from now on, if they can get another win, that would be gravy for this season because this year I wanted the Lions to win the NFC North and win one playoff game, and they've done both of those. So anything from now on would be great. Even better is if the Packers beat the the San Francisco 49ers, then we'd have a third playoff home game, wouldn't we? Yeah, the Lions would get a home NFC championship game against the Green Bay Packers. But actually, I would like to go up against the San Francisco 49ers, even though that would be on the road. Just just to stick it in their face, hopefully, and (laughs) and beat them on their home field. Being road warriors, that's cool as well as winning at home. Yep. That is true. That is true. So anyway, so so I forgive me for being so excited about this, but I have been a fan all my adult life. So, um, uh, and 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 it's so interesting to see. Uh, you see the guy who was crying on screen, and you hear the story about how his dad helped build Ford Field, and he died in a car accident, and all the things that uh, people think about their their fathers, their uncles, their grandpas who are all um, you know big Lions fans and never got to see this. So boy, we we could just enjoy that this weekend. Uh, although we can go to some gun shows. We've got uh, let's see the Flint Gun and Knife show in uh, at the Dort Federal Event Center on uh, today and tomorrow, and the Stateline Gun Show in Montpelier, Ohio. Uh, Ohio's got the Ashland Gun Show in Ashland, Ohio, the Cleveland Berea Gun Show at the Cuyahoga. I think that's how you say that. I always say that, I, but I, I 
do believe the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds in Berea, Ohio, the Maumee Valley Gun Collector Show. That's not very far. Well, that is. It's down in Bowling Green, so it's in the Maumee Valley, but it's not Maumee, Ohio. Uh, let's see. Cambridge Gun Show in Cambridge, Ohio. The Columbus Gun and Knife Show in the Ohio Expo Center in Columbus, and again, the State Line Gun Show in Mount Pelier. Missouri's got the Northwest Arkansas Gun Show at Springdale, Arkansas, and the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds in Springfield, Missouri. And Arizona's only got one, the Crossroads Phoenix Gun Show for you guys out there. So, of course, you actually, um, yeah, you do, you guys, the Cardinals, are, I mean, you know, I don't even know who's playing on the other side, Derek. I mean, who would we play against in the Super Bowl, theoretically? I don't even care, but, you know, just in case. So. Either the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs, or Buffalo Bills. Ah, okay. Well, that's interesting. Did you guys see that bit where um, when it was so cold where Mahomes' helmet cracked? Wasn't that amazing, Derek? Yeah, that was certainly something to see. I it didn't surprise me that it happened because it was so cold and but he he managed to get another helmet and and unfortunately the, I think the referee screwed up on that play. They should have charged Kansas City with a timeout, but they just allowed him to change his helmet while the the yeah. clock was still moving. I, they were winning by a tremendous amount at that point, so it really didn't matter. Uh, let's see. We have got same numbers, uh, 820,446 for CPLs. We've got the Shriners, um, raffle. That's less than a month away now, except, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday, February 10th. And I heard, um, uh, Bruce is, uh, um, on the community calendar. We're getting, um, uh, he he always advertises the uh, the Saturday February tenth on the Shriner. So go to Shriners or ShrineOutdoors.com and you can get your ticket. There's a hundred and ten guns they're giving away, plus ten five thousand dollar cash prizes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I had a this past week we had a uh, meeting and that's because it's almost Women on Target. Well, no, it's actually June. June eighth is Women on Target this year, and I'll start talking about that every month because it's one of my favorite things, and. Um, so we had our first organizational meeting, and uh, boy, man, it's going to be good. This year, we're also bringing back trap, okay? Now, remember this. Uh, we had the trap range closed at Tri-County for a couple of years because of some environmental things that we were just making sure that we were our environmental safety plan and stuff because we, we have a creek that runs through there and all that kind of stuff. And we we did some changes and everything, and it's been perfect. So we are adding trap back into Women on Target and actually into Kids on the Range Day, too, for the older group. Uh, and and every Sunday now, for, at noon to 4, I don't care if it's zero out, <laughs> you know, the, the, the shells uh, still fire and the birds still fly, so... So every Sunday from 12 to 4 is uh, Tri-County Sportsman's League is on Moon Road has 
trap, which is really, really fun. And so, and what it costs is, and you don't have to be a member. You could be just from out the outside. Maybe you'll come and take a look at the club and stuff. But it costs $5 to participate. And each round of 25 targets, because we have to pay for the clay pigeons and stuff, costs $5, okay? So not each round like each shooting. That's 25 targets for $5. So it's a, um, it's, it's a good deal and it's a ton of fun. So you might look into that. Um, I was having difficulty coming up with things to talk about today. And it's because I'm so tired of all the, the politics. I, I really am on politics overload when it comes to the anti-gun stuff. And of course, that's what they are counting on, that we're going to get so tired that we're not fighting them anymore. But uh, some things are going okay. Um, some things are, are kind of like, we're well, wait and see, like Pritzker. Although I heard this, this was very interesting. Uh, Pritzker's not really very happy, although he puts on a face, well, we've had 29,000 people uh, register um, uh, something, okay, either a assault weapon, which is a, just a modern sporting rifle, or uh, a high-capacity mag. Oh, my goodness. Maybe, a, maybe we got 29,000 people saying, hey, I have a flash suppressor on my gun, <laughs> okay? But anyway, there's a rumor. There was a rumor last week that came out. Actually, it was a substantiated rumor from somebody within his, his inner circle that— um, that uh, he was going to have legislation ready to go that if uh, if there is another, like a high-profile mass shooting. Now, how can you tell? There's, there's 20, 30 people shot every week in Chicago. But that doesn't count. That's just, uh, oh, boys will be boys. That's just uh, uh, gun crime in, uh, in a gang or drugs. That's nothing. Although almost all the gun stuff is... Uh, I-80 and north, so it's Cook County and Chicago and stuff like that. But um, there's a rumor that if there's another high-profile shooting in Illinois, he's going to go out and uh, immediately all the people that have registered their their uh, high-capacity mags or their um, or their modern sporting rifles will have to turn them into the law enforcement. So that's not helping him get any further on his registration because that's exactly what we've already always said. Well, this week came out the rumor that he's exploring the possibility of withholding people's driver's license if they don't um, register their firearms. I want to say that sounds kind of like a tyrant to me, like a dictator, like tyranny. Okay, what? Now, maybe you should uh, uh, prevent them from buying food, Pritzker. Then you get more of it. Good old F.A. fat-ass Pritzker. I can still say fat-ass, right, Derek? He says yes. Okay. They haven't called up and said, quit calling him fat-ass. But uh, the thing is, is that um, uh, how can he... Just uh, all these things that are unrelated. Well, we, we're going to withhold your Internet and take away your cell phones and uh, stop uh, you from driving your cars and trucks if you don't register your guns. You're not helping your efforts there, Pritzker. And where is the damn Supreme Court? Okay? They, they, just, they declined to talk about it. Well, they got away. Then even the, the, whatever, the 11th Circuit judge or whatever, the federal judge, who said, well, we'll wait and see on uh, if it 
if it has very bad uh, response rate. If it does, that indicates that people aren't going to want to do it. Well, they don't want to do it, and I don't blame them, okay? I mean, if Michigan did that, don't put that past uh, Governor Whitmer. Because, oh, what did somebody call her? Uh, somebody, I'm. If you're listening out there, somebody told me they call. They heard Whitmer called a real derogatory term, which is all I ever call her anyway. But the thing is, is that it's like, uh, I don't know. She looks like Cruella Deville actually when she's got her makeup on. But the thing is, and you got to be careful. Uh, I would like her to run for president. Get her out. Get get her the hell out of Michigan, okay? But. Uh, but then she'd be the president. We know that then she'd really flex her muscles, okay? But um, the the thing is, is that um, I, if she did something like that, assault weapons ban and stuff, uh, I'd have a horrible boating accident. Or I'd send them all down to Indiana, okay? I could do that. I could, I could take them across the state line. Matter of fact, I would think that there would be businesses that had, uh, I'd have a gun warehouse on the Ohio border for all the Michigan people who want to wanna, uh, store their firearms properly. I, I don't think you can do that because if they transfer it, you have to consider it with a FFL transfer and stuff. But still, it, it, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So somebody will come up with a way to have a uh, secure um, re- uh, you know, gun, gun safe rental. That would be interesting. Uh, here's one good thing that happened this week. The ban on guns in post offices is unconstitutional, a U.S. judge rules. Now, you know, it's interesting. Do you remember when there was that first post office shooting and they immediately did a gun-free zone and and uh, and it even you know they called it going postal right because but there haven't been any and it's not because there's gun free zones there it's and it, although I want to say most people I know that if they're going to the mail going to the post office to pick in or mail pick up something or mail something or whatever they will leave their guns out in the vehicle okay or at home because they don't want to get a federal charge against them. But now, let's see, a federal judge in Florida on Friday ruled, this was on the 13th, ruled that a U.S. law that bars people from possessing firearms in post offices is unconstitutional, citing a landmark Supreme Court ruling from 2022 that expanded gun rights. U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel an appointee of Republican former President Donald Trump. They always have to put that in there in these stories because they they remind you that, yes, he did do good things, and uh, yes, it is the Democrats that are against all of this. Researched that, that conclusion in dismissing part open new tab of the indictment charging a postal worker with illegally possessing a firearm, a gun, in a federal facility. Uh, Mizell said the charge violated Emanuel Ayala's right to keep and bear arms under the U.S. Constitution. Second Amendment saying a blanket restriction on firearms possession in post offices is incongruent with the American tradition of firearms regulation. 
Oh, well, that's I'll take it any way we can get it. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But uh, if it if it stands, let's see, she declined to dismiss a separate charge for forcibly resisting arrest. That's a different story, okay? Ayala's lawyer, <clears throat> Ayala's order, uh, lawyer and U.S. Supreme Court spokesman did not respond to requests for comment. The decision marked the latest court decision declaring a gun registration or gun restriction unconstitutional following the conservative majority Supreme Court's June twenty second or June twenty twenty second ruling in uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. The ruling recognized for the first time that the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense. It also established a new test for assessing firearms laws, saying restrictions must be consistent with the nation's historical tradition for firearms regulations. Okay, And a, a knee-jerk reaction on the post office years and years ago is not enough reason. Ayala, a U.S. Postal Service truck driver in Tampa, had a concealed weapons permit, and kept a Smith & Wesson 9mm handgun in a fanny pack for self-defense. He was indicted after prosecutors said he brought the gun into the Postal Service property on 2012, in 2012 and fled federal agents who tried to detain him. He was charged... Why does that say 2012? It has to be sooner than that. He was charged under a statute that broadly prohibits possessing a firearm in a federal facility, including a post office. Mizell said that while post offices have existed since the nation's founding, uh, founding, federal law did not bar guns in government buildings until 1964 and post offices until 1972. No historical practice dating back to the 1700s justified that ban. Very interesting. Mizell said following the federal government to restrict, uh, I'm sorry, Mizell said allowing the federal government to restrict visitors from bringing guns into government facilities as a condition of admittance would allow it to abridge the right to bear in arms by regulating it into practical non-existence. Well, that's what they're all trying to do out there. That's what Governor Kathy Hochul in New York is trying to do, Governor um, Grisham in New Mexico. They're trying to do enough restrictions on concealed carry and gun ownership to make it so that it, it it's not worth it anymore. I can't keep doing this, okay? I'm not going to spend hundreds of dollars a year on that CPL. I'm not going to spend... Um, all sorts of time and required training every year to get it or something like that. Now, training is a good idea and good for you to, uh, to maintain your skill levels, but, uh, but requiring it is actually, what if we required um, training and licenses for free speech? Derek, do you have a license for free speech on the airwaves here? Yeah, we but we have to be within the guidelines of the FCC, obviously. I know that for the FCC, but do you personally have to have a license to do oh. um, your sports show? No. No. Do I need to have one to do my gun talk show? No. No. Okay. So if, what if they did that? What if they said, you know, you need to be licensed 
to uh, to talk about guns on the radio. You got to be an FFL. You got to be a. Uh, I'm an instructor. I'm a NRA certified instructor. But you know that you know. Speaking of the NRA, don't get me started there. Actually, the the whole thing about Wayne Lapierre. Thank God he's gone or leaving. But apparently, he's left enough legacy uh, people in charge that now there's going to be even a bigger fight. So. <laughs> Oh, man. And it, it extends down into uh, the directors and the ILA people, stuff like that. But what if, what if they said I needed to be a uh, federally licensed uh, gun gun talk show host? Okay. You got to be licensed to be a hairdresser. Maybe you should have to be licensed to be a uh, gun talk show host. Okay. Uh, I don't know about that. What if, what if, uh, how about uh, the newscasters on the radio? How about uh, what if they Roan had to have a license to talk? Okay. What if, uh, uh, gosh, uh, Ed Hoffman, he'd have to have a license to talk about art on the radio. Speaking of art. Okay. So we don't have to do that for our, our constitutional rights. Okay. Now, somebody goes, well, you need a license to drive a car. Well, that's not in the Constitution. Okay. And back then, they didn't have licenses to drive a horse cart, okay, or a buggy, or ride a horse. So, you know, just stop and think about it. Oh, gosh. Actually, I, it would be interesting. And if you were a conservative talk show host, holy cow, then you'd really have it. Now, if you were a woke talk show host, you know, like let's say you just uh, you, you uh, published Sports Illustrated magazine. Okay, which, by the way, just fired all its people. Um, and there's only, uh, actually, I'll bet, Derek, you read Sports Illustrated as a kid, didn't you? Yeah, I read it pretty frequently. And and most guys who read it for sports read it cover to cover because it'd be basketball or baseball or football or whatever, right? Good source. Okay. Right. Not to mention the annual Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Did you ever read that issue, Derek? Actually, I, I didn't really get in, <clears throat> into the Sports Illustrated swimsuit I issue, but I, I know it was very popular. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and but if you do it now, the Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit issue is full of woke pictures. Okay, like um, oh, you can't you can't do the uh, the whole uh, fat shaming thing. So they got to have huge huge. We're not talking just um, uh, curvy women. We're talking, and curvy is nice, okay? We're talking um, uh, like grossly obese, morbidly obese women, and we're supposed to like that. Well, guess what? Sports Illustrated just laid off everybody in the, in the country or in the magazine, okay? Everybody who works at the magazine, everybody. And not even the guys who did sports stuff. But it was all because of the woke stuff, because people are just not buying that anymore. Same thing with uh, Victoria's Secret models and stuff like that, okay? So, uh, you know, I want to say, if you, if you speak the right things, you can talk about it. If you, if you uh, gosh, if it's bad things, like, uh, like liking uh, images of, um, of attractive women... Uh, oh, that's bad. Okay, so we'll, we'll have to license you to uh, to put that magazine out. You must include uh, 
47 pages of um, of woke content in the magazine. Okay, and and that includes. Uh, <laughs> Enough. I'm 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 actually running down the road. Uh, the, I'm down a rabbit hole here where I'm uh, d- disappointed about um, people wanting to license and legal, um, uh, restrict uh, constitutional rights. So I'm glad that this judge has, has said that the ban on guns in post offices is unconstitutional. Uh, I hope it holds up. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh so I was thinking. So trying to stay away from from the um, politics of things, I found an article that I really liked. It was called "Things to Consider When Choosing a 1911." Okay, and the fact is is that there are quite a few 1911s out there that are super super expensive. A Nighthawk Custom Agent Two costs more than double the national average of Morgan mortgage payments, okay? But what about affordable 1911s? There's a ton of them out there, and some of them are, well, they put an artificial limit of a 1000 bucks and below, but there's some that are way below that, and we'll talk about those when we get back. If you're a fan of, of affordable 1911s, we'll talk about that when we get back. This is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio here at Wham Talk 1600. I'll be back in just a few minutes. Wham! Talk 1600. Welcome back to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Kupke. Call now, 734-822-1600 to join in the conversation. And we're back, and we are just about to launch into a discussion about affordable 1911s. Now, there are a ton of fun guns out there, okay? And I used to think that the only good guns were, you know, metal guns with with uh, walnut grips and things like that, okay? Either revolvers or, or semi-automatics like 1911s that were heavy metal guns, okay? There are a lot of other guns out there that, oh, the Glocks, the Springfield Armory XDs, the Sig P365s, the, the, you know, there's just a ton of other guns out there that are a lot of fun. But a lot of people are, are drawn back to 1911s. Why? Well, because they were so prevalent in, in things when we were growing up. Okay, war movies, or if you were in the military, it may have been your sidearm. Uh, if you're modern, it would have been an M9, like a Beretta M9, but if, which is also a good metal gun, okay? But, um, but the 1911 is something that a lot of people identify with. And there are, like I mentioned, there's like some outstanding ones, these Wilson Combats and different things like that that are super expensive. And you or I can't afford those things, okay? I'm retired. I'm on a fixed budget, okay? So... If I want to get another, and I do have a a couple of 1911s. I have an original. I looked up the serial number again today, or this week, and confirmed. It is from September 1918. It's an actual 1911. Not an A1, but a a straight 1911 made by Colt. Okay? Fun gun. I have, back in the the 2005-ish time frame, four or five, I got a uh, Sig Sauer GSR, which was Sig's first attempt at at kind of a high-end 
1911. And they still make them, and they're still very, very good. Uh, and But that was, I think I paid uh, $1,200 or $1,300 for that, which was a ton of money 20 years ago, okay? And still is a ton of money. So, um, it, it, and I want to say, yes, it has nice, tri- super nice trigger and skeletonized hammers and triggers and all the fancy stuff on it. It's just a nice gun. It really is. Um, but now... If I was to get another 1911, I'd want to try one of these lower-end ones, okay? And actually, some of the ones that I really liked um, years ago, one of the first ones that that somebody came up with that I I remember a friend asking me about um, a, a 1911, and he was interested in a Ruger 1911, okay? And Ruger actually has a nice stainless, still in their category in their catalog, a five-inch barreled stainless 1911, just called the SR1911 for $599. $599.99. That's the MSRP. Now you may find it a little cheaper somewhere, or or a little more expensive, because they do have ones that have fancier sights or fancier grips or different colors and things like that that are $799, $749. Some, they make some some short-barreled ones, like three-and-a-half-inch barrels, 3.2-inch barrels, things like that for $749. Um, but they are all significant. Well, they do have a target model that's a little over 1000 bucks, but the majority of them, every other one is under $1,800. I mean, I'm sorry, under $1,000. I just looked at another one. This one's blue. It's a SR. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of in a baby blue. What what color is that? That's kind of a, yeah, baby blue. And they're nine. They make them in 45s. They're usually the cheaper ones. The more expensive ones are, are nine millimeters, but they have a nine millimeter with a five inch barrel. That is 641. That's very reasonable. That is a reasonable gun when you consider what the rest of the, all these guns cost too. But there's some even cheaper than that. And I have I have heard glowing reports of this this gun. And actually, this one happens to be a tanker, which means it's more of a uh, it's a um, uh, let's see. There we go. It's got a four and a four and a quarter inch barrel. I think, let me take a look, four and a quarter inch barrel instead of a five. So it's a, more of a commander size, but it looks identical to a GI 1911, and it's made by TISAS, T-I-S-A-S. It's their 1911 A1 tanker. Their price is $339.99. Holy cow. You can barely buy a little, uh, you know, Taurus GX4 for that. Okay, or GX3 compact or whatever. I mean, you can get a little El Cheapo um, uh, polymer, maybe carry gun, maybe a house gun, home defense gun, whatever you want to use it for, in one of the, like a Taurus, uh, one of the subcompacts and stuff like that for three three ninety nine, two ninety nine. You can get a Tesis, nicely made in Turkey. Um, 1911 for 339.99. That's amazing. Okay, and uh, it it 
uh, again, it is heavy. It is steel. And even at $339.99, it is probably better than the original ones that were made back in the early 1900s, like my 1918 model, or the A1s after 1923, because the the machining is better, the the uh, metallurgy is better. I mean, amazing. When you think about that, for three thirty nine ninety nine, that's a lot of gun for for not much. Okay, and when you look at some of these other ones that they have, uh, actually a Colt, you can buy a real Colt. Uh, let me pull this one up. I'm trying to get this to cooperate. Uh, a Colt, Colt manufacturing 1911 government model is 1,082 bucks. So it's a tiny bit over, but it's probably discounted as well. And they have other ones that are uh, as, as, that are below the thousand dollar range. So if you've got a thousand dollar limit, you have a ton of of guns to choose from. Let's see what else. I was going to say, uh, and and oh, here's one by Citadel, and actually it's proven to be um, sought after because it's it's got this one has more modern features, a skeletonized. Um, uh, a skeletonized hammer and trigger and target sights and a big beaver tail and stuff like that. And um, you can get the Citadel, let me see here, the Citadel for $503.99. So what a bargain. And I think it would be, I, I would have more satisfaction going out to the range and shooting a Three hundred and thirty-nine or a five hundred dollar nineteen eleven than I would taking a three thousand dollar one out and and oh gosh I can't even lay it down on the bench I better I better have a nice real good carpet you know a piece of carpet or rug down to be able to set that on let's see we have got Mike from Westland on a three hundred eight rifle hi Mike how are you today hey hi Dick how are you today I'm fine. Hey, I just had a question. I'm I'm looking I to buy a 308 caliber rifle. Okay. And uh, I know you're into Ruger's a lot, and I'm looking at the model 5610, which is an AR platform, but 308 with right. a 10 round mag. Or would you go with a bolt action rifle, like say a Colt Pack Hunter that's got a five round, but it's bolt action 308, yep. for just some long distance. When shooting you, and uh, maybe put a scope on. When you go into a uh, 308 bolt action, then you've opened up hundreds of choices. Okay. Um, okay. A, uh, now the AR-10 uh, or the five five or I'm sorry, the what is the Ruger number on it? It's a fifty six fifty six ten. It's a okay. So uh, so it's a it's this similar to an AR ten. It's a a three oh eight chambered AR uh, AR fifteen essentially bigger mag well bigger bolt things like that. And that's uh, correct. And um, there's a ton of them around too. There's a lot of three oh eights in in uh, in semi automatics even in more conventional rifles like an M1A or um, I've got a PTR-91. There's a lot of them. But you know what? Do you need that? No. I th I've got some 308s in 
um, in bolt actions, and I love them, okay? And okay. If, so if you're going to go out, and, and here's the other thing, too, and this is one thing I'm deficient in. I've got a bunch of, of AR-type style guns that shoot that are semi-automatic. I don't have a bolt-action 5.56, and I'm going, I need to get one. What if I, you know, you know the old S-hits-the-fan type of thing where you go, well, what happens if the springs wear out on the AR 10 years from now and I can't get parts anymore, but a bolt-action is forever? You know what I mean? So, so I would say that you've got a good a bunch of choices. You have got some value rifles that you can get that are that are pretty neat like even just a plain old Ruger American or a Savage Axis or a Mossberg Patriot um, or then you can step up to like a uh, like you mentioned the Colt um, also what, what is that Colt model they've got a new bolt action out um, you just yeah, mentioned it's it a, it's called a tack hunter um, yeah yeah see it's got a real long model number yeah there's also things like Ruger makes one called a Ruger Precision Rifle, uh, which is all the, the fancy stocks with all the things for cheek welds and adjustments and things like that. Um, you can pick up, you know, there's there are some things that are, well, like a value rifle would be a Remington 783, but a good old Remington 700 is a very nice rifle to have. And you can get it either in a... Um, in a polymer stocked one that would be maybe an all weather one. You know what I'm saying? Like going out and you won't mind taking it out if it's drizzling or raining or something like that. Um, or you can get them as a, an ADL or a BDL or a CDL that has fine wood. You know, are you wanting it as a collector's thing or just a shooter's thing? What are you thinking about? Just a shooter's thing. Uh, to me, the, the firearm's a tool, so I don't mind using them. I don't mind them getting dirty. Uh, or when, I use them yeah. as a Yep. You use it as a uh, as, as a tool, just like go to a long range. You're, so you're wanting to do some, what ranges are you wanting to shoot? Oh, I don't know. Just, you know, something longer than what you do with an AR. I want to start shooting outside more and maybe, you know, shoot, you know, 300 yards, 500 yards. Yeah, you know, see, something, that's... You know, something, something longer just to keep, just to learn something new, you know. I, I'm enjoying that, too. We have a 184-yard um, range at Tri-County, and my grandsons have said, hey, can we take the 308s out and have some fun with it? And I'm going, yeah, we'll have to go do that because, you know, I mean, 50 yards is, is fun but not... A challenge. Hundred yards can be a challenge, and it's it, and it is fun as well. But if you get out to two hundred, three hundred, if you go to uh, some ranges, even like Washtenaw Sportsman's League has a six hundred yard range. And uh, now you're stuck on three hundred eight, or you want to try one of the other fancy new fancy schmancy calibers like uh, six point five Creedmoor or something. Well, I tend to pick uh, ammunition that's common. That's okay. fairly common anyway, and, and it's not uh, boutique-style ammunition, I guess I would say. Yeah, I want to be able to go, if you go to the UP, you can go to the hardware store and buy 308. Yeah, so yeah, that's absolutely easy, true. I, I want to stay with easy, easier ammunition and calibers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say, um, unless you have a specific, now, do you have any other ARs in, in larger bores, like um, uh, 300 Blackout or um, anything like that? Nope. Nope? Nope. 
So your only ARs are five, five, six. Correct. Okay. So so it's not a bad idea to have a. I mean, you know what? <laughs> if you're looking for permission, get both. Okay, that's what you need to do. Tell your wife, honey. Dick says it's okay. You know, I can get both of them. But um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, uh, I think if you're wanting to do precision and have fun with that, uh, I would I would try a bolt action. I and okay. and and like I have a um, I have a Remington 700 PSS, which is the old police sharpshooter with a heavy barrel and a an H and S precision stock and an outstanding trigger and. And it's wonderful. Uh, it is very satisfying, and it it can be satisfying with an AR too. But it's a different kind of shooting, you know. Uh, do you hand load or anything, or you only buy ammo? No, I only buy ammo. Okay, because I like to like work up work up loads for my specific rifles, and um, uh, you may find you get getting yourself into that too. I mean, it is so much fun. It, it expands the hobby. So I think I would, if it was me, because I've got enough semi-automatics, including ones in three hundred eight, two uh, and thirty out six, and things like that. That um, I would go with the bolt action just just for fun. Okay. You can always get the AR. So, but uh, starting out and I get a remember. Uh, spend spend a little money and get a decent scope for it as well. Um, right. You you should rule of thumb is spend as much for the for the scope as you do for the gun. So, um, well, and you know a lot of these guns you know new float around the thousand dollar mark. Right. Uh, so and and that's I guess in this day and age is fairly reasonable. You know if you can go you know the sky's the limit. You know you want to. LWRC Reaper while spend plan on spending four grand. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but uh, no, you can get it. You know, and I'm a little older than you, so I'm, you know, it's like, I want to have fun while I can. Yep. And I want to say, uh, if you spend a grand or less, even, even some of these value rifles are pretty good. Okay. But, um, but if you want to get like a Ruger precision rifle or that Colt tech, um, you know, then, and put a piece of glass on it that, uh, you know, a decent, uh, there, actually there are some good glasses that are not so expensive anymore. There are ones by Vortex and, and other companies that are in the seven, $800 range that, that, um, make a nice combination for you. So, well, when you decide, give me a call back and let me know, and then give me a range report. Okay. All right. We'll do Aaron. Maybe I can meet you at the range someday. Oh, so that would be fun. That would when, be fun. When you're out there. So thanks a lot for your uh, help. I'll, you have a great week. Okay, you do. You too. So that is cool. Um, and I want to say uh, I tend towards um, – I've got enough semi-automatics, and I've got 30 caliber ones and 5.56, you know, 22 caliber ones. I've got uh, – I have AKs. I've got all that kind of stuff. And I love my PTR ninety one, which is um, the equivalent of an H and K G three, and um, it is just a fun gun. But bolt actions have a have a fun uh, uh, place in my heart. Okay, and so I think I would go with the bolt action. Did we have somebody, Derek, or did uh, did we lose him? Yeah, actually, Kit. 
just called in. He just wanted me to pass this along as a recommendation for the 308 rifle. Okay. The Tika T3X. Tika makes some very nice rifles, so that that is a good um, a good choice. And it's it's not one of the super expensive ones, but it is a, a, an affordable one in the same range you're talking about. So that's that's cool. Thank you to the listener there. And I have a friend that just got a Tika. I don't know what he got it in. Was it in 308 or was it in 6.5 Creedmoor? But, that you know, I want to say, actually, there was an article. I'll talk about this next week, okay? Uh, there was an article I was reading that talked about all the different 6.5s out there. And I've mentioned this for years. Now, um uh, the caller we just had, we were talking about 308s. 308s are, you know, 762 NATO, but they are also, and that's the military version of it, but the 308 version of it has a lot of fine ammo out there, okay? And people are loading. I was reading an article this week about um, about Federal's um, custom loading program where they make the gun, make it perfect for, you know, tailored for your rifle and stuff like that. And and uh, it's expensive, but you can get decent ammo out there in the 308 range. You can get, you know, blast away Winchester white box or you can get very good target ammo for that. And I like to load my own, but uh uh th- there's times when I'm out that where I just I've actually got some <laughs> I've got some uh, Israeli 308. I've got some Chinese 308. I've got a, I don't have any Wolf 308, but I do have some Hornady match that is in steel cases, which is kind of interesting. But a lot of people are looking at these other these other um, calibers, like like 6.5 Creedmoor, and in reality, that's the same bullet as a 264. Remington or or something like that, 264 Winchester. There is nothing new out there. I mean, there's there's uh, there's seven millimeters, six and a half millimeters. There's six mils. There's you know the 26 Nosler is another name for a six mil or 6.5 mil. I mean, it's just interesting that. Oh, and they make the they make the cases sh- short and fat or long and skinny, or you know. But but really, it's going to be you. It's going to be. Does your gun have a nice trigger? Do you have decent glass? Your own technique, okay. When you're bench resting, when you're shooting 185 yards or. 200 yards or 300 yards, you're not holding that. That's not a a stand-up, hold-your-rifle shot. Okay, you are bench-resting it. So there's some things you got to do. Get yourself, and a matter of fact, I have lost one of my sandbags. I need to get another sandbag. But, um, you know, the leather sandbags, or what do they call them, lead sleds, things like that that hold your gun securely so that you can really wring out all of that that, um, fun accuracy okay there is nothing more fun than than getting a small half inch group or or three quarter inch group or all in the same hole at a hundred yards I mean the satisfaction is unbelievable same thing with 22s but I don't do it at at 100 yards um, and actually I w- we were at a board meeting this week and um, there's they're starting a new 
22, and this is at at um, at Tri County. They're going to do some some new uh, challenges this year, where they have uh, 25, 50, 100, and 185 yard range meets for 22s. Well, you've got to do quite a bit of holdover on a 22 for 185 yards. But you know what? That sounds like fun, and the satisfaction of of Having a nice grouping is something you just can't believe. Uh, people think of target shooting. Oh, well, yeah, I shot a, you know, sometimes. And if you're shooting um, self-defense with pistols and stuff, well, then an 8-inch group is fine or a 6-inch group is fine. Uh, you don't want them all in the same hole, okay? You want to make multiple holes in your target. But, uh, but when you are shooting um, with a target rifle, um, I actually was enjoying. I I did a uh, did a workup on a round for my seven millimeter Remington mag, and I was using the the Hornady ELD X's, the extra low drag pen, uh, expanding ones for hunting, and I worked out a, a load that is just outstanding. And I'm getting like half inch, three quarter inch groups, and and that is outstanding on a big, fast, high powered rifle to to do that. You think. Man, I can I can take down animals uh, far away and with 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 confidence. So that's what you get when you're doing the long range stuff. I'm gonna absolutely get my grandsons out. We'll have to do some 308 work out there, uh, or some uh, 30-06 work, or whatever you're shooting. You know, 6.5 Creedmoor. Well, you can actually do similar things with a 6.5 Swiss. Okay, it's it's almost the same round. They didn't have those same bullets back when they designed that 100 years ago, but they absolutely have high, you know, low drag, high accuracy bullets now. Well, we'll talk more about this next week. It's, this is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio here at Wham Talk 1600. I'll see you next week.